Saints, how would let's sing hymn number 554. I come to his presence afresh Ere the night has passed into morning And his face I see as it shines on me The Lord within is dawning And he speaks to me and reveals to me all his riches for me today, and with sweet delight I partake of him. My hunger has passed away. The Spirit, he speaks through the word, till my heart in echo supplies my soul with all his precious essence. And he speaks to me and reveals to me all his riches for me today. And in every way I partake of him. My problems all Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. We come to his presence. Ere the night has passed into morning. Amen. Amen. His face I see as he shines on me. Amen. And with sweet delight, I partake of him. My hunger has passed away. Amen. And reveals to me all the riches for me today. Amen. And he saturates and supplies my soul with all his precious essence. Amen. Amen. In tenderness, he deals with me while I stay with joy in his presence. Yes. Amen. 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 And he speaks to me and reveals to me all his riches for me today. Amen. Amen. And I think of him for my every need, my fasting 
has passed away. Amen. 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 Spirit, he speaks through the way. Till my heart is in echo. Amen. And he saturates and supplies my soul. Yeah. All his precious essence. Hallelujah. Amen. All his precious essence. And he speaks Amen. to me and he reveals to me all his riches to me today. Amen. And I drink of him for my every need. My right. thirst is passed away. Amen. Amen. I partake of him. My hunger has passed away. Amen. 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 The word. Amen. 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 echo in singing. Amen. 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 Saints, we're going to sing this hymn again. How about let's enjoy this hymn. Uh, this hymn is quite a good hymn uh, for us to enjoy the Lord's presence. And this hymn is the hymn uh, titled with Fellowship with the Lord. Look in verse... In verse 1, the first line is so sweet. I come to his presence afresh before the night has passed away into morning. That means it's still nighttime. That means it's still at dark. Mm. Okay. We are not waiting until the sun is already up in the sky. And then we say, okay, or maybe the worst is when the sun set, okay, or the sun already down. But now, this hymn is a Lord, before the sun rise up, it's still dark. We just like Mary, we come to enjoy in fellowship with the Lord. That is ere the night has passed into morning. This is what we're going to enjoy tonight. Last week, we talked about um, Abraham okay, used his own strength. And God came to reveal that he is El Shaddai, the mighty one. Okay. And he, God asked uh, Abraham okay, to change his name, even to circumcise, to cut off his own natural strength and his natural ability. You know, that cutting off of his flesh. And I believe... Okay. Tonight, we want to touch this matter or this chapter is God came to visit Abraham. Okay. Maybe still very painful. Okay. Abraham still experienced in the nighttime. But yet, okay, God came to visit him. Okay. Wonderful time. Okay. Do you experience when you're in the low time, you're in a, in a down condition, you're still in the nighttime, the Lord came to visit us. He said, I come to his presence afresh before the night has passed into morning. And his face I see and it shine on me. The Lord within is dawning. 
Hallelujah. Within us, the sun is rising. The Lord is within us dawning. He speak to me and reveal to me all his riches. The El Shaddai is for me today. It's not just for my knowledge. It is for me today. And his sweet delight, I partake of him. All my hunger pass away. Wonderful. El Shaddai, the all-sufficient God, is for me to enjoy him. And then while I speak to him, while I enjoy him, in verse 2, as the Spirit, through the Word, how did he speak to us? He speak to us through his Word and through his Spirit. And then a fountain of life, a fountain of life, with his grace and power with my soul is springing. The word that we receive become a fountain of life is springing up within us. Okay. Wonderful. He did not just come to visit us, but there's a kind of enlightenment, a kind of springing within us. Even point out all our failures, enlighten us, expose us. That is a very sweet time. And in verse 3, in tenderness, he deal with me. Saints, he did not deal with me with a big spanking rat. Hit us, strike us. No. no. Is that good? Our fellowship with the Lord, he knows our weaknesses. He knows our failures. In tenderness, he deals with me while I stay with joy in his presence. And he, and he saturates and supplies my soul with all his precious essence. That is spirit. Yeah. Hallelujah. Is that so sweet? He saturates us, he supplies us with all his precious essence. He speaks to me and reveals to me. Amen. Saints, tonight we want to enjoy how Jehovah came to visit Abraham, speak to him and reveal to him that all the riches is for me today. How about let's sing this hymn again? And Etienne gonna sing this, uh, play this hymn for us and learn to sing this hymn. Maybe tune is a bit new to you, but I can't hear you, so you just sing loud. <laughs> it's out of out of tune, no problem, because I can nobody hear you, but you need to sing. Okay? The Lord, let the Lord enjoy our hymn singing. How about that? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We have this technology. Someone sing for us. Okay? But we just okay, keep develop, keep practicing our function. All right. <laughs> At the end. I come to his presence afresh Ere the night has passed into morning And his face I see as it shines on me The Lord within is dawning And he speaks to me and reveals to me all his riches for me today and with sweet delight i partake of him my 
supplies my soul with all his precious essence. And he speaks to me and reveals to me all his riches for me today. And in every way I partake of him. My problems all passed away. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All my hunger pass away. Amen. Amen. Tenderness, he deals with me. Yes. Amen. Amen. Joy in his presence. Amen. 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 And supplies my soul with all his presence. Precious essence. Amen. 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 And he speaks Amen. to me and reveals and to me all his riches for me today. Amen. Amen. And I drink of him for my every need. My thirsting has passed away. Amen. Amen. He bears with me. While I stay with joy in his presence. Amen. And my soul with precious essence. Amen. to me all his riches for me today. Amen. 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 Verse one says, All my hunger pass away. In verse two, say, My thirsty pass away. And in verse three, all my problems pass away. Amen. 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 Amen.
My yeah. hunger has passed away. Yes. Till my heart in echo is singing. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. We come to his presence afresh. Here the night has passed into morning. And as it shines on us, the Lord within is dawning. Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, saints. Um, please come to enjoy our portion from the word tonight. We will uh, cover chapter 18 of Genesis tonight. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, saints. Amen. So I'll share a little bit from what I've enjoyed from this chapter. This is a very special chapter. It is the it is of God appearing to Abraham in a very human way. And then Abraham having a glorious intercession for his um, nephew Lot. So this this is yeah, it's a it's a very human chat of God with Abraham and then a very glorious intercession that can be a pattern for all of us. So um, this is actually the fourth time that God has, a fourth kind of appearing that God has had for Abraham. The, the first time that God appeared to Abraham was when he was still in the land of Ur, of the Chaldeans, where he was worshipping idols with his father and his uncles um, and that is revealed in Acts chapter 7, verse 2. It says the God of glory appeared to Abraham when he was still um, in Ur of the Chaldeas, in the land of idolatry. So that was the God of glory. That uh, can be scary. It's like, wow, that's really God. The second time God appeared to Abraham was as the most high God, like the, the king of all the earth, the, the president, the most high of the heavens and the earth, the Lord of heavens and earth. That's when um, Melchizedek came to greet him after he destroyed those kings or defeated those kings. That was the most high God. And then the third time, like John mentioned just now, was he, God revealed himself in Genesis, I think, 17, around there, 16, 17, as El Shaddai. That means the mighty one with an udder, full of supply. So the third revelation is God is the El Shaddai. He's the mighty one. He's all sufficient. He's got a rich supply for whatever we need. So at that time, Abraham was very old um, and he, he, he was circumcised, which signifies the, the, the take, cutting off of the natural strength. And, and so when his natural strength then was cut off, um, God became El Shaddai to fulfill in him what, he, what needed to be done. And so the, the first one was, let's just recap the first three, was first the God of glory then the most high God. Secondly, first is most uh, God of glory. Second is the most high God. Third is the Al Shaddai. And now fourth is in Genesis chapter 18, where it's completely different to the first three. In, in Genesis 18, verse two, uh, verse one and two, um, so Abraham was just at his tent. He was just um, resting in the shade. It was it was quite a hot day, and he was just there in the afternoon. Sun, sun was shining, and then he saw three men um, standing opposite him. And that word "men" in Hebrew, you could even say it's mortal men. 
just like you and me. He just saw three men. But this was God's appearing to him, the fourth kind of appearing, as a mortal man. Wow. So, and yeah, it says, and when he saw them, he ran from the entrance of the tent to meet them, and he bowed down to earth, and he said, Sir, if I found favor in your sight, please don't pass away from your servant. Please let a little water be fetched, and I'll make some food for us. So that's so sweet. He didn't realize he's God even. He he just came in such a human way. And um yeah, if I ask you what would be the way you would prefer to see God, would you prefer to see him as the God of glory with full of light and blinding or the most high God who's like the president of all the earth, who's, who's the highest ruler? Would you prefer to see him as El Shaddai or would you prefer to see him as a man just like you? Yeah, um, let's think. I would probably, it would be, it would be scary to see him as the, the God of glory it would be um, would be intimidating to see him as the president. I'd feel like I'm I'm too inadequate to speak with him if he knocked on my door. But if he comes as a man, just like a stranger um, who I can just make some food with, that's that's so sweet. That can be so intimate. I can I, I can feel like not afraid of him. I can just open to him whatever's on my. I mean, I can just open to him, speak what's on my heart. He just becomes a friend. Yeah, and and in. In, in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8, it actually says Abraham was a friend of God. And you could say that this comes from this, cha this chapter, Abraham chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 18, where God came just as a friend to Abraham. It's the most sweet, so intimate, so, so pleasant, such a way. Yeah. You can just imagine, like, if, if somebody, I don't know, maybe at a graduation ceremony or something, and afterwards there's some, some meal or something, and maybe you, you speak to someone, maybe, maybe he's the president of some country you don't know, but at first you just speak to him, you don't realize who he is. And then you can kind of be comfortable, eat with him a little bit, some sandwiches, eat some snacks, uh, have something to drink. And then eventually as you speak to him, you start to realize, wow, maybe this guy's an ambassador of some country, he's royal. I mean, he's, the way he speaks, the way he conducts himself and what he knows and what he says. And eventually you realize, wow, he's the president of this country. <laughs> so then, then you'll have a really good time with him. If it's been such a, such a kind of gentle introduction and such a good kind of fellowship um, in a human, intimate way. So this is what how God appeared to Abraham, and I really appreciate. I've never appreciated it so much how God just speaks to us in this human level. Um, this was God as a mortal man, like before the incarnation of Christ. God appeared as a man. God, God wasn't a mortal man because he's, he's the immortal God. But somehow, like, I don't know, how many years ago is this? It's many years before Christ was incarnated. Probably more than 2,000 years before Christ was incarnated. Somehow God appeared to Abraham as a man, giving him a little foretaste, a little taste of what, what was to come with God becoming a man. Yeah, and yeah, this is very precious. This is very precious. So... Yeah, God wants to speak to us in this kind of human level. And we can, many of us can testify that maybe while we're working or something, we can, maybe we're struggling with work or something at our work, we might just call on the Lord and have an intimate little conversation with him at the work, oh Lord, and just, just have a little intimate conversation in a human way. And the sisters maybe, and even brothers while washing dishes sometimes, we just have a chance to speak to the Lord, oh Lord, about this, this is how I'm feeling about that. And then we hear from what the Lord wants to say in such a human, intimate, sweet way. 
Um, just as we're doing things, many of us can testify, we've had such sweet fellowship with the Lord just while doing dishes or cleaning the house or on our job or resting at home. So yeah, Abraham was just in his tent in the heat of the day and that's where God came to him. And then, yeah, so that's, I guess that's the first point that God came, came to be a man kind of to, to speak with him. That's something really precious. God spoke to um, Abraham on a human level, had communion with Abraham on a human level. And then the sec second main point that I enjoyed is how they enjoyed, they enjoyed this feast together. They enjoyed meal, a meal, uh, like a cakes. That's Sarah made some cakes. After, after Abraham brought the, the water for God to wash his feet, Sarah brought some cakes, made some cakes. Then Abraham killed a calf. And then in verse eight, he took the curds and the milk, the butter and the milk with the calf, which he had prepared. And he set them before these three men and he stood by them under a tree while they ate. So they had a meal or some flour and some cake. They had something from the um, vegetable life and they had a calf and they had the butter and the milk, such riches. It's like later on God would bring the Israelites into a land flowing with milk and honey. And so actually God ate the milk and the honey, or at least the milk, the butter and the milk. He, he ate the riches of the good land even before he put the Israelites into the good land. So, so just like, um, yeah, so in, we know that the, the riches of the good land all signify Christ, different aspects of Christ. Um, he's the real lamb of God. He's the real grain of wheat that fell into the earth and died for his reproduction. Anyways, I can't get much into the details, but all these things that Abraham served to God and enjoyed with God is actually types of Christ. Like the, he's the real grain, right? John chapter 12, 24 says he's the grain. And so what Abraham was enjoying with God was grain, was the cakes. And so that's many times. So this, this whole chapter is a kind of a picture of our intimate fellowship with the Lord, our having good time with the Lord, like the, him we also sang. And in this time, when it's, we're having a sweet time with the Lord, we enjoy these cakes. And what I really am impressed by is not only are we satisfied, but also God is satisfied. God is the most satisfied if we have a good time with Christ and we enjoy Christ. But actually what makes us the most satisfied is when God is enjoying the Christ that we're enjoying. And this is quite a revelation that Abraham's time with God was a mutual enjoyment of Christ. And, and also then you'll see a bit later, it was a mutual it was a revelation of Christ where God said, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. So here yeah, the cake signifies Christ in his humanity. Even it's a, it says prepare three measures of fine flour. So, you, and the, so that's three signifies resurrection. That's in verse six, three measures of fine flour. And fine flour signifies Christ's humanity. So you could say three measures of fine flour signifies that the enjoyment of the resurrected Christ in his humanity. Three measures of fine flour, resurrection, three, and fine flour, humanity. So God came as a man and enjoyed Christ, the resurrected Christ in his humanity with Abraham. They, 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 they both enjoyed this Christ. Um, I mean, that's in typology. That's how, that's how it's applicable to us. When we have a sweet time with the Lord in the morning, we come to his presence afresh. Yeah, the night has passed into morning. 
um, we feast and he speaks to us and he reveals to us all his riches for us today. He reveals to us the curds and the honey and the milk. He reveals his strengthening us. He reveals how he's giving life to our mortal body. He reveals how he's indwelling us. He reveals all kind of riches to us. He reveals his redemption to us. He re reveals how he's the slain calf for us, how he's taken away our sins. Um, and then he even reveals sometimes something of our sins. That's in verse 20, where he said, the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah, how great it is, and their sin, how very heavy it is. So even in our fellowship, the Lord really reveals two, two main things. I'll get to that just now. That, that is Christ and sin. That's the third thing I mainly, mainly enjoy. So, yeah. So, yeah, just to recap, the first thing I really enjoyed is how God became such an approachable man in this chapter. The second thing I enjoyed is how um, not only was Abraham enjoying the feast, but God was also enjoying the feast. That's the th second thing I enjoyed. And then the third thing, which I'll speak a bit later, is how the main revelation, every time we have a good time with the Lord, the main revelation concerns two things, um, Christ being formed in us and sin needing to be destroyed. That's Christ being formed in us is how is signified by Sarah having a son, Isaac, who signifies Christ. That's Christ being formed in us. That's the first thing of every revelation from God. And the second thing in every revelation from God is the, the sin that needs to be destroyed. Sodom and Gomorrah needs to be destroyed. Yeah. But before I get to those two points, just a little bit extra. I really found it interesting how God revealed himself slowly that he was, that he was God. Jehovah didn't suddenly come up as the God of glory this time, but he came as a man. And then through this conversation, Abraham realized he's speaking to God. Like just to um, emphasize things in these verses, in verse 10, so after they had the meal in verse 8, so the, they probably had a few hours to have this meal, to prepare the meal, to wash the feet, um, to prepare the, the cakes, then to prepare the calf. I mean, that probably was at least two or three hours. And in this time, Abraham must have had a lot of discussion with, with these three men, which was actually God and two companions. And so, so it, it's the same way. It's, it's so good if we can have a long time with the Lord, even maybe an hour, um, if, if we have the time, or two hours. And um, so Abraham had a long time with, of good fellowship in this kind of human way. And then, and then in verse 9, then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he might have thought, oh, how do these guys know about Sarah? Like, uh, I thought you were a stranger. But they said, where is Sarah, your wife? And then he said, there in the tent. Then he said, then that um, one of those men said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And then Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And so then Abraham must be like, wow, this must, who, who, who knows that this, who knows about this son? Because in the previous chapter, um, Genesis 17, it says in verse 21, Genesis 17, 21, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at the appointed time next year. So he was like, I thought only God knew about this. So who could this man be? And then, so, and Sarah was listening in the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and advanced in age. This is verse 11. It had ceased to be with Sarah according to the manner of woman. And then Sarah laughed within herself, within herself, saying, after I've become old, shall I still, how can I still have a child? I'm so old. But she laughed within herself, but somehow, 
Then in verse 13, the man knew that she was laughing. And in verse 13, it doesn't say the man anymore. It says, and Jehovah said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Saying, Shall I indeed bear some when I'm old? So he's the omniscient God. He knows everything. He knew she was laughing within herself, even though it was within herself. And so in verse 13, finally, in verse 14, we, we see very clearly that this man was actually Jehovah, who was eating the, the unkosher meal with Abraham, the, the, the milk and the cow. It was actually the very God, Jehovah, who was eating that. So it was Jehovah who said this, um, why did Sarah laugh? And then in verse 14, is anything too marvelous for Jehovah? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Amen. Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't um, Abraham's choosing of when the time would be. It was God's appointment with Abraham when Sarah would have a son. And then Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh. She was afraid. And then God said, no, but you did laugh. And then the you know, men rose up from there and looked down upon Sodom, and Abram walked with them to send them away. And Jehovah said, shall I hide from Abram what I'm about to do? Um, so yeah, Abraham walked with them to send them away. That's just like after a home meeting, we might go with somebody to let them out the gate. Or after the meeting, we might uh, walk with someone to their car or stand outside on the grass and chat with them a little bit. So they'd already had a few hours, but it was only after this kind of time at the end, when he was walking with them, then Jehovah started to speak about Sodom. And Jehovah said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? That also shows that um, Jehovah was Abraham's friend. He didn't hold anything back. Um, and then, yeah, verse 20, and Jehovah said, the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah, how great it is. And their sin, you could underline the word sin, circle it, how very heavy it is. So and the two main things in the revelation is, in, is firstly in verse 10, it says, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. You can highlight the word son. And then verse 20, 10 verses later, it's sin. And that is the, the principle of all our revelations from God, is that Christ as the son must come in and sin must go out. Amen. I think many of us can share that in our times with the Lord in the morning, and how he deals tenderly with us. He reveals to us how rich Christ is and how, how maybe selfish we are. Or he reveals how loving Christ is and how hateful we are or how jealous we are. And we just say, oh Lord, I'm just, oh, I have this sin or whatever it is. And in that kind of way, we, we acknowledge it and we, we make room for Christ to fill that gap. We make room for Christ to fill the kind of sin that gets destroyed in our life. We say, amen, Lord, come in. Um, I just want to read a little something from the life study related to this. This is very special. Uh, this is kind of the characteristic of every real revelation from God and our daily revelation from God. So it says, um, you, Abraham received revelation from God regarding the birth of Isaac and the destruction of Sodom. These are two basic things. I'm reading from Life Study um, Message 50. These are the two basic things concerning which God will always deal with us. The birth of Isaac is related to Christ, and the destruction of Sodom is related to God's judgment upon sin. Isaac must come, and Sodom must go. Amen. This means that Christ must come in and sin must go out. Today, God is not only accomplishing his plan to fulfill his purpose, but as the Lord over all men, he is also judging sin. 
the principle is the same in every aspect of our lives, in our married life, in our home life, personal life, Christian life, and church life, in our work life, every aspect of our life. God is concerned to bring Christ forth through us and to eliminate all the sinful things. He intends to produce Christ and to destroy the Sodom in our home life, our work life, and even our Christian and church life. Amen. He wants to produce Christ and destroy the Sodom. And in this part of the life study, all the revelation that we have received and shall receive from God mostly concerns these two items. If you consider your own experience, you'll find that this is so. Whenever you have received revelation from God concerning the course of your fellowship with him, it has always concerned Christ on the positive side and sin on the negative side. Positively, we say, see more of Christ and say, I have seen something new of Christ. Oh, I hate that I have not lived him more. This is the revelation regarding the birth of Isaac. The revelation that Christ will be brought forth in your life. Oh, what a revelation. To spend time with God and realize Christ will be brought forth in my life. My, my strength is ended, but Christ will be brought forth. That's a sweet revelation. But negatively, we see our sins and say, oh, Lord, forgive me. There's still so much selfishness, hatred, and jealousy in me. Selfishness, hatred, jealousy. Oh, I sometimes see those things in me. I have so many failures, shortcomings, and evil, even sinful things. Lord, I judge these things and want them destroyed. This, in principle, is God's judgment upon and destruction of sin. In our Christian life, Christ must be brought in and Sodom must be destroyed. The so-called Sodom, inverted commas. The sin must be destroyed. Likewise, in the church life, Christ must increase and sin must be abolished. Amen. Hallelujah. So yeah, just to say again, those are the three things I really enjoyed. How God became, he, although he's the president of the universe, he became a, a nameless man, a mortal man, just like us, to speak with us on a human level. And as we speak with God while we're doing dishes or while we have a prayer time with him on a human level, we, we can open our heart and he opens his heart and God is actually enjoying the Christ that we are. Although it doesn't say Abraham was offering Christ, while we are fellowshipping with Christ, God is enjoying this Christ. Okay, so he became a human like us, number one. And secondly, he had a mutual enjoyment of Christ that we enjoy. And thirdly is that the, the, main, the main items that God revealed is Christ must come in and Sodom must go out. So that's verse 10 and 20. Christ must come in as typified by Sarah having a son and Sodom must go out as signified by the, the, the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah and their wicked, heavy sin. And then um, just before John continues in verse 21 and 22, um, in verse 22, it says, and the men turned from there and went towards Sodom, while Abraham remained standing before Jehovah. So that's, that's something very special. He didn't say, okay, cheers. It was good seeing you. See you next time. He said, he remained standing before Jehovah. The, the, the two men left to go towards Sodom, but Abraham remained. He lingered standing before Jehovah. And it was in that kind of human it was out of that human fellowship and communion that then could become this intercession. That's in 23 to 33, this from verse 23. So yeah, may we, may we endeavor to spend time with the Lord and linger in his presence in the morning um, and through the day. May we linger with him. May we enjoy Christ with God. 
And yeah, may Christ increase in us and may the sin go out. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, are you ready to continue, Brother John? All right. Amen. Thank you, David. That Amen. is so sweet. Praise the Lord. I enjoyed chapter 18. This is one of the dessert. It's a sweet dessert. Um, well, in this part. All right. In this part, when David describing, I just say, poor Abraham, uh, he passed through all this process. Um, but God came to visit him. If you see all the way that how he experienced, uh, how God called him, you know, he, everything, he left everything from the world of Chaldea. He lost his uncle Haran, and then they moved to Haran. Then he lost his daddy, Tera, and then he crossed the river. And then he come to Shechem. And Abraham experienced the Lord from one stage to another stage. Um, David mentioned uh, Abraham experienced God in four major sections. The first section is he experienced the God of glory. Uh, appear, appear to him in the land of Chaldea. And God of glory appeared to him. And then the second section of his experience um, when he started to live by faith and he learned to trust the Lord and even not striving with his brother and even fight for his brother. And this time the God of the Most High appeared to him through Melchizedek. The God is the one who sovereign everything. The God is the most, the most High God. The Christ is interceding for him motivate him to go and fight. Otherwise, how did he have the boldness to fight against four kings? And even during the fight, God fight for him. So this time he experienced that God is not only God of glory, but this is the God of the most high. <clears throat> God appeared to him with a with the experience of Melchizedek, supply him with bread and wine. And this is the second section of his experience. Then the third experience is not only God of the Most High, and now the Lord bring him to experience something out of his grace. Until this time, or before this time, but Abraham experienced everything outward. But God said, I call you out. It's not just to take care of your outward prosperity, but I want you to enjoy grace, something that I will work myself into you. The real grace, not only outside, all the, all the spoil that you get it from the four kings. I want, to, I want you to experience me as grace. 
So Abraham start to use his own effort and he produced Ishmael out of Hagar. This time God is not happy. And at the end, God did not present himself of 13 years. And Abraham, this time eventually, he just realized he lost everything. Lot left him, Eliezer left him, and now Hagar has to leave him, and Ishmael has to leave him. And then God appeared to him. I'm God of El Shaddai. I don't need your help. Okay. I, you need me. I want something I can work myself into you. Yeah. Isaac should be come out of you. Through enjoying me, something come out of you. Okay. And even through Sarah. Okay. Don't try to use your own strength. I want to use you, but I don't want to use something out of you. And God trained him, what is grace? Grace is God work himself into us. Not that we do something for God. Anything without God, without Christ, all what produced out of us is just sweat. Sweat is a sign of curse. God doesn't want that thing. He takes something from Egypt, that is Hagar, and he used all these things outwardly, and he wanted to produce something for God. God said, I don't want this thing. I want myself work, I want to work myself into you. Enjoy me as grace. I'm the all-sufficient God. This time he experienced God. Praise the Lord. He enjoyed the El Shaddai, the God of all sufficient. That is so rich. He not only loved him, but he enjoyed God is so rich to him. That's why he said the other, the cow other, full of nutritious, full of minerals, full of supply. This is the third stage or the third section of Abraham experience. Then God saying, you want to enjoy me, you have to stop your natural strength. So God make a covenant with him with circumcision. And this time, I believe Abraham said, all this experience. Now I have nothing. I only enjoy Christ, enjoy God as my divine other, my divine supply. And Abraham, I believe this time, his circumcision stopped all his natural strength. Look in chapter 18, verse 1. Jehovah appeared to him by the ark of Mamre as he was sitting at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. In him is painful, outside of him is the heat of the day. <laughs> and he just sitting at the entrance of his tent, outside the tent. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, there was three men standing opposite him. And he went, and when he saw them, he ran. Underline the word, he ran. Saints, hallelujah, Abraham saw the stranger. He did not know this is Jehovah, but he, in the midst of that kind of 
painful and heat condition, scorching heat of the sun, he's sitting there. But when he saw three people come, he just ran and received him. Saints, to receive the saints, to receive the visitor to our tent is a blessing. Abraham received them, then they received, he received God. And then he received him to the tent to meet them and he bowed down to the earth. <clears throat> is that good? In verse one, is Jehovah appeared to him and visited him at the entrance of his tent. This is the fourth section of Abraham experienced God. This time God came to visit him in the human level. David said, did not come like a president. A president gonna visit me today, I think I'm a bit stressful. But God came, no, no, scare us, but he came in the level of man. In fact, um, footnote, Two, uh, verse two, footnote one, in the form of a mortal man. Our God is not mortal man, but he come in the form of a mortal man. And he appeared to Abraham this time in a very human level. No, it's not like the glorious God or the God of the Most High or the mighty. God, but he come in a mortal form in his tent. Many sisters, you can testify while you are washing the dishes, taking care of the house, vacuum the house, you enjoy God. God came to our tent. God came to our living. Okay. Maybe we have some kind of stressful, kind of burden, but Jehovah came to our tent. Yeah. Not in a kind of lightning thunder, yeah. in a very <laughs> charismatic way, but it come in a human form. Maybe the saints call, maybe the Lord just speak to us. I love that in the tent, that is the place where we are living. And he came and, and, and wow, verse four, he even, please let a little water be fetched. You do wash your feet and then rest yourself under the tree. He really know how to accommodate his visitor. Actually, it's God. And David described this. I said, this is just like in Africa. <laughs> no. Abraham um, hurried to the tent of Sarah and quickly prepared three measure of fine flour, just like millet pop. Okay? and knit it and prepare panakuk. <laughs> and Abraham ran in the herd and took a cow that prepared to bry here, good and give him to the servant and hurry to prepare. And he took cheese and milk. Wow. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> this is how Abraham sincerely take care of this visitor. Um, then, this time, why God came to visit Abraham? Is he because I'm hungry? Not really. Okay. Our God is the almighty God. He is the El Shaddai. He's not hungry. But 
So now David mentioned two points. The purpose of God visit Abraham. Number one is to bring forth Christ. Abraham, I want to work myself into you that out of you, you will produce Isaac. You will produce Christ. In verse 10, he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. Then Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent and which was behind him. You underline the word, the time of life. God came to confirm his promise. We who receive Christ, we who enjoy the Lord, we will bring forth Christ. When we deal with our flesh, when we enjoy God, work himself into us. Then he will bring us to the time of life. God's purpose is not just dealing with us. It's not just cutting our flesh. That is not God's purpose. God's purpose is to cause us to stop everything, confess we are old. Sarah is old. Everything is terminate. Then God will have the time of life. Footnote 14, 1. Okay. Chapter 18, verse 14, footnote 1. The time of life or the appointed time for the birth of Isaac was the time of God's visitation. The birth of Isaac was the coming of Jehovah. Is that good? The birth of Isaac was the coming of Jehovah, which was the coming of grace. That is the birth of Isaac. Isaac was born by the strength of God's grace, not by the strength of man's natural life. That is Hagar and Ishmael. This took place after Abraham has been circumcised and he and his wife, Sarah, had become completely deadened. Underline the word completely deadened. Abraham is 100, his wife is 90 years old. Now, it's completely dead. Signified the time of life, the time when Christ will be life to us, will come after our natural strength has been terminated. God came to speak to Abraham. When your natural strength has totally terminated, the time of life is here. That we are able to bring forth Christ. <clears throat> and verse 14 is anything too marvelous for Jehovah. Do you think everything is finished? Then nothing gonna happen? And that is the time of life. This is not too marvelous, this is marvelous. <laughs> This is too marvelous. In some translation, it say, is anything too difficult for Jehovah? You think now everything's terminated, everything is nothing. And that is how Jehovah start move in. Jehovah revealed himself in this statement. 
Jehovah speaks to Abraham. Do you think that's too marvelous for Jehovah? This is common. This is normal. This is not a miracle. This is, oh, amen. Well, I even don't know how to say that. It's marvelous. That's God's word. At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. Then Sarah shall have a son. The grace will bring in. When we use our natural strength, Sarah cannot bring in Isaac. When we terminate, when we all, uh, that is um, verse 14. Now Abraham and Sarah were old. They are advanced in age. And it had ceased to be with Sarah according to the manner of woman. So both Abraham and Sarah, they are completely dead. Now, the Lord saying, Sarah will bring forth Isaac, bring in Christ. Wonderful. This is the first purpose of God's visitation, to bring forth Christ. And second, to eliminate the sins. Sin must go away. In verse 20, David mentioned, Jehovah said, the cry of Sodom. So every time when God came to visit us, he came with these two purposes, to bring forth Christ, to bring in grace, and to deal with sin. This is every time when we contact the Lord, when the Lord come to visit us, he come with this two purpose. He bring in grace and we bring forth Christ. And then he will deal with all our weaknesses, deal with all the sins that is not of him. So he did not just promise Isaac at the same time he come to see the cry of Sodom, the sin, the wickedness of Sodom, very heavy. It already have this kind of odor, <laughs> the cry of Sodom, <coughs> the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah, how great it is. It already reached Jehovah. And I shall go down and see whether they have done all together according to its outcry. And verse 22, the men turned from there and went towards Sodom while Abraham remained. Underline the word remain standing. Is that sweet? And now 23, that from 23 to 33, we want to see this part. Abraham make an intercession. And in this part, we want to see the basic principle of intercession. Uh, in previous, we saw how Melchizedek interceded for Abraham, but we did not see the basic principle. And this part, we want to see the basic principle of intercession. Number one, we want to see it is initiated by revelation. 
since there are six basic principles of intercession. Number one, intercession should be initiated by God's revelation. Sometimes we want to intercede with, um, let me just pray. <laughs> but here, you see, all the intercession must be initiated by God. Just like God revealed this to Abraham. Jeho verse 20, Jehovah said, the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah, how great it is, their sin. God spoke to Abraham, Abraham. We already cover your son, you're gonna have son. But verse 20, the Lord changed the subject. Right away, I thought we we're talking about Isaac. God revealed to Abraham the cry of Sodom. And then I shall go down and see whether they have done all together. So it was revealed, it was initiated by God. Abraham did not say, ah, Jehovah, city of Sodom is terrible, that was there. No, Abraham did not initiate anything. It was initiated by Jehovah. And then the second basic principle is Abraham, he understand the meaning of God's move. What did God want to do? He said, I shall go down to see whether they have done altogether according to its outcry. He understand God. He did not just hear from God, but he understand the meaning of God's move. Look, he knows what God came. If you want to do it, you're the almighty God omnipotent, just go. You want to burn city of Sodom? Go. Why you want to tell me? Am I right? No one can stop you. But why you want to tell me? Bye. You want to go now? Goodbye. But Abraham understand why God want to tell me. Of course, God is taking care for Lot. Abraham knows God's heart. He understands the meaning of God's move. God not only initiate, reveal this one, but Abraham understand God's move. So he prayed in verse 23. Abraham came near, say, will you really destroy the righteous with the wicked? He just understand. Oh, you want to destroy the city of Sodom, but there are some righteous people there. At that time, there are only two righteous family. One is Abraham, one is Lot. So God, God wants to destroy the city of Sodom, and Abraham said, oh, are you want to destroy the righteous people in that city? No. He understand God will go there and destroy. So he knows God cared for Lord. That's why you told me. Okay. And number three, the third basic principle is our intercession is not just according to God's word, but we pray according to God's heart. Is that good? Okay. 
They say, John, we have to take care of God's word. Yes, but not only God's word, but we want to take God's heart. You know what's God's heart here? For example, in verse 23, Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed destroy the righteous with the wicked? Abraham, how do you know God will destroy? Jehovah did not say, I will destroy. Yeah. Jehovah said, I, I shall go down, down to the city of Sodom. Yeah. I just want to see there. <laughs> Jehovah said, Abraham, I'll go down to Sodom and see. According to God's word, God will go to Sodom and see. But Abraham knows God's heart. You want to see because you want to destroy it. <laughs> you want to judge the city. So this is the key, the secret of intercession. No wonder God said, Abraham, he's my friend. He knows what I'm thinking. You know, even when the two angels left, Abraham is still remaining there. You know, saints, sometimes in our prayer, we just say, okay, amen, amen, goodbye, hallelujah, see you next time, see you in the meeting. But Abraham, he knows God's heart. When God comes to see him, they talk about Isaac, the meal is finished, and Jehovah is going now. He remained before Jehovah. He remained in his presence. And this is Abraham. You know, sometimes you want to talk something to, to someone. You cannot just start speaking. You want to see, are they in the right mood? If they're in the right mood, okay, I will not speak this time. Let's go another time. And Jehovah, the same thing. He came to visit Abraham. Talk about the son and until they want to go, okay, and they go. He still did not speak the real thing to Abraham until the two angels left and Abraham still there and go with him still hung around you know right in your bible lingering <laughs> he still lingered how are you doing oh you want to destroy the city oh, look this part is additional part from verse 23 to 33 that is the meeting is over and here is all the transaction take place. You know, since this is a quite nice part. One day I attend one of the meeting. And before the brothers stand up to do the announcement, you see some of the saints already run away. <laughs> Meetings dismissed, others run away. But you know, you just linger a little bit, then you enjoy verse 23 and 33 from verse 23 to 33 that is the meeting's over but abraham linger with the lord okay? all of them left and abraham still linger with the lord anyway this is a wonderful part of course this part we all are familiar and then 24 suppose there are 50 righteous within the city you will indeed destroy and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous who are in the city. 
This is Abraham interceding. Yeah. And look, that kind of interceding there. Abraham is referring to Lot and God, Jehovah God is also care for the Lord. Jehovah God want to save Lord, but he needs someone indoors. He needs someone echo what he wants to do. That's the reason he came to speak to Abraham. Since when the Lord placed the feeling within us, that means he want us to echo. We want to say, yes, Lord, is this the way you want to do it? <laughs> no, intercession is echo with what God wants to do. Perhaps if I am Abraham, I say, no, Lord is the one who left me. He must take care of his consequence. But God said, I want Lord. Abraham, how do you feel? No. God came to visit Abraham because he wants Abraham to have the same feeling with God. God is looking for someone to echo his heart desire. Sometimes we are interceding for someone with twisting God's arm. We ask God, don't do what you want to do, do my way. <laughs> but here, Abraham are not twisting God's arm, but he come to echo God's heart. And that is principle number four. That is according to God's way, which is according to the righteous way of God. Did you see how he prayed in verse 25? Far be it from you to do such a thing. Don't do this, God. This is not what you will do. You put to death the righteous and the wicked. This is not right. He challenged God. Don't do that. You want to destroy the city? But Lord, you want to save him? But you want me to echo what you want to do? Of course, don't do that, Jehovah. Far be it from you. This is not what you are doing. This is not what you are. You are a righteous God. You cannot put the righteous, the good guy and the bad guy, and then you just burn at the same time. That's not right. Did you see? Abraham prayed according to God's way. Number one, according to God's heart, he know what God wants to do, but also according to God's way. Sometimes when we pray, we say, Lord, you are God of loving. Um, uh, you, you really love people. You will not do this. God say, well, it's up to me. If I'm happy, I love. If I'm not happy, I will not love. No. But if you pray according to God's righteousness, According to God's way, God cannot say, I, no, 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 Abraham, if I'm happy, I'm righteous. If I'm not happy, I don't care for my righteous. God never said this. So Abraham knows how to pray. He prayed according to God's righteousness. 
he cannot, God cannot say, uh, Abraham, it's up to me. If I'm happy, I can, I can be righteous. If I'm not happy, I can be righteous. Abraham said, then was your throne? Your throne was established by your righteousness. You know, this is not only pray, challenge God's way, but he challenged God himself. Saints, when I see this thing, I say, Abraham knows how to pray. He knows how to intercede. Lord, far be it from you. Don't do this. <laughs> Can you pray this way? Lord, this is not what you are. You, you never do this. You never do in this way. You put to death the righteous with the wicked. No, 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 it's not you. So from this kind of prayer, God start to take care of himself instead of taking care of Lot. Abraham, this is not you. You don't do this. So um, verse 25, the last part, far be it from you. Shall the judge of all the earth not do justify? You are the judge of all the earth. You got the most high. Are you doing something that is not just? That is not fair? This is not you. And Jehovah said, if I find Sodom, 50 righteousness within the city, then I will not, then I will spare, I will preserve the whole place for their sake. If I can find 50, okay, 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 Abraham, you're right. If I can find 50, okay. um, that is Jehovah proposed. If there are 50, then I will keep the city. I will not just the city. And Abraham saying, okay, now behold, if I take it upon your speaking, I'm just dust. And Abraham is a good businessman. He knows how to make business. And he started cutting price. Suppose 50 righteous short of five. How about 45? <laughs> you are looking for 50 righteous. How about if there are 45? Are you still going to destroy the city? I say, 45? No. Then Abraham said, oh, God is negotiable. Praise the Lord. Okay, come on. Okay. From 45 to 40, 40 to 30, 40 to 20. He cut the price for six times. Look, verse 32. And he said, oh, let the Lord not be angry if I speak yet once more. The last price. <laughs> Suppose 10 are found there. And he said, I will not destroy because of this 10. Did you see? Abraham knows God's heart. He knows. If Jehovah said, if there are 10, I will not destroy. Abraham just disappointed. God, you're going to destroy. You're going to destroy. And he said, you even cannot find 10. He come, Lord, his wife, his two daughters, and two son-in-law, six. Even the whole city cannot find 10. He just disappointed. Of course, God has to judge the city. 
he cannot twist God's arm. Don't just the city because so uh, Lord stay there. If you just the city, then he become homeless. No, you know he is a twisting God's arm, but he care for God's heart. God, you want to care for Lord. You must burn the city. The sin must go, but you must save Lord. Did you see? This is Abraham's prayer. He prayed, Lord, these are the righteous people. You cannot destroy them. You can destroy the city, but do not destroy the righteous. Did you see? This is God revealed his heart to Abraham. And Abraham said, God, save the righteous. Bring them. So God has to send two angels to go to the city of Sodom to bring Lot and his family out of the city before he judged the city. God wants to save them, but God needs someone echo with his heart. Saints, likewise in the church life today, God wants to save many people. God wants to take care of many sins, but nobody echo from God's heart. God want to do it, okay. but we are asking God to do our way. Okay. If I were Abraham, maybe I say, Lord, keep the city. The city, maybe one day there will be have some righteous people there. If you burn everything, then Sodom, then Lord have nothing there. But Abraham did not continue. And how about five? And how about six? No, then he does not know God's heart. Okay. This time, God said, Abraham, if I find 10, I will not burn. Abraham, oh, the whole city, you cannot get 10. Lord, save Lord. Just bring him out. So Jehovah said, finally, someone knows my heart. Someone agree what I want to do. Someone told me what should I do. That what is in my heart. No. Praise the Lord. What a sweet chapter. He came to promise to bring forth Christ and he came to take away the sin. Yeah. And okay, that's number four. Uh, according to God's way, the way of righteousness. And the fifth principle of intercession is to expressing God's desire not expressing our own expectation. Did you see this is the principle of intercession. We're expressing what God wants to do. You know, he is, Lord, how about if 10? Okay. And God said, even if there are 10, then I will not destroy it. That means I will still destroy it. So he expressed God's desire not according to his own expectation to eliminate the sin, the sin, but not to change the way of what God wants to do. And the last one, the sixth one, the principle of intercession. That is in verse 33. And Jehovah went away. Highlight that word. And Jehovah went away as soon as he had finished. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Abraham 
did not went away. <laughs> it is Jehovah went away. It's just sweet. Okay? When Jehovah is happy, is satisfied. And then you highlight another word as he had finished. Not as Abraham had finished. What a wonderful part. Jehovah said, okay, we can stop our conversation now. It is so sweet. I would like to say, okay, many times I pray, okay, Lord, I have to go now. <laughs> bye. Amen. Amen. Okay. When we say amen, that means bye. Okay. <laughs> okay, you go, you go. You want to go. You, you have something to do. You must just go now. Okay. But here, Jehovah went away as soon as he had finished. Jehovah is satisfied. Abraham, thank you for echo my heart. You just echo. I want to save Lot, but I need someone to intercede for Lot so that I can take this action. If you did not pray for Lot, even I can do that, I will not do that. But now, God wants to work in the principle of incarnation. He wants to work together with men. He is the omnipotent God. He can do everything by himself, but without God, without man, echo to his heart. He will not do it. Such a, such a big thing to destroy the whole city, he can do it. But without Abraham, echo. Without Abraham intercede, he will not do it. For this, he has to come in the form of a mortal man. He, oh, wonderful. He has to come to visit Abraham. Abraham, I need someone to intercede to Lord, to pray for Lord, to echo to my heart. What are we doing in our prayer meeting. Our prayer meeting is, uh, let, let's pray something. Is there anything we have to pray? Oh, the, the children of my cousin and of the friend, they want to buy a house, they want to buy a car, let's pray for them. Yeah. Well, is that, are we echo to God's heart? You know, whatever we do, we want to say, Lord, what do you want to do? Then, we pray in a corporate way. We echo, Lord, how about save the righteous? You cannot slay the wicked and the righteous together. You must bring the righteous out. God said, oh, you want me to bring the righteous out? Okay, angels, come, bring them out. Abraham said, I must go that. I must save them out. Saints, what a wonderful picture here. You know? That in the midst of all this experience, God deal with Abraham. He worked himself as grace to Abraham that he can bring forth Christ. And then he can enjoy the heart of Abraham to echo with his own heart. These two parts. The first part is God came to receive the reception of Abraham with all this outward thing, and he ministered God, that he enjoyed Christ with God. God is so refreshed. 
Then the second part that Abraham not only offered some food for God, but he echoed with God's heart. In your recovery version, Bible says this is a glorious intercession. What a glorious intercession. In verse 33, Jehovah was satisfied. Jehovah went away with satisfaction as he had finished speaking with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. Amen. Saints, our prayer should allow God to finish his speaking. Amen. Okay. Don't, to be, don't be too rushed. Let God finish his speaking. 